Yeah, that's something that we've heard a lot as well from faculty and in libraries. And it's actually something that we have been responding to as well. So we actually offer a, a course matching service with what we're doing. So that if faculty come to us and say, you know, hey, I've got a course on biochemistry and this is the outline or something like that, we'll actually go through and then match up content for them with that. So, you know, they can cherry pick what it is that they're wanting to use within their courses. So I think it's a, you know, a really important thing to be doing as you say it does make uh, faculty or lecturers lives an awful lot easier as well the digital to learn podcast is dedicated to exploring both what's new and what's good in the use of technology in teaching and learning our mission is to have the best minds sitting in front of our microphones sharing evidence-based strategies for digital teaching and learning digital to learn is brought to you by the center for learning and innovation at indiana wesleyan university thank you for joining us and now the digital to learn podcast Welcome to the Digital to Learn podcast. My name is Mike Jones, and I'll be hosting two incredible guests today that come out of a publishing world. We have Jennifer Daniel and Darren Moody joining us to talk about what they're doing with Henry Stewart Publishing and Henry Stewart Talks. We're so thankful to have them with us. Jennifer Daniel is the director of the Biomedical and Life Sciences Collection at Henry Stewart Talks and is responsible for ensuring that her multidisciplinary biomedical team commissions, produces, and delivers the collection, and meets the needs of subscribing institutions from all around the world, including universities, research organizations, and pharma companies. Jennifer has been with HS Talks for over four years and has rapidly progressed to the company, having started out working on the design of the talks you see online as a technical editor. She has a keen interest in biology, specifically virology, having graduated from the University of Leeds with a BSc in microbiology. Outside of work, Jennifer is a keen reader and member of several book clubs and enjoys traveling whenever possible. Our second guest, Darren Moody, has been publishing Journeys over the last century and is a managing partner of Henry Stewart Publications. HSP is proud to publish 22 peer-reviewed vocational journals in business and management, combining contributions from senior practitioners and leading researchers and scholars. Darren has launched over 60 journals in his career, many of which have sadly, in his view, been acquired by other publishers, such as Oxford University Press, Macmillan, Emerald, Sage, and Taylor & Francis. Darren is also an executive producer of Henry Stewart Conferences and Henry Stewart Talks. Before publishing, he graduated from the University of London and completed a postgraduate diploma at the University of Cardiff, and then worked for six years founding and running a theater and education company in London and nationally. Darren is, as far as he's aware, happily married with three sons and spends his leisure time singing in several choirs and practicing yoga. He continues to be an enthusiastic, if singularly useless, soccer player whose footballing career has been described as a triumph of hope over experience. Welcome to the show, Darren and Jennifer. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you both for joining us today. Or I should say, thank you both for joining me today. We are going to jump right into some discussion topics and questions today, and I love the idea of what it means to spend time, sometimes on your own, but with a co-writer, come up with ideas, write those ideas down, commit them to electronic media or paper, and then partner with somebody that knows what to do with it. And the idea of sharing what we know and the knowledge that we have with others is incredible to me as a teacher, as an educator. So I'm greatly appreciative of the work that you guys do and that type of work. So I'll open us right up with our first question. 
Could you tell us about the wide range of publishing activities that are part of the Henry Stewart Publications wing of what you guys do? I mean, the publishing part of the Henry Stewart Group is a journal publisher. We publish 22 journals. They're all really business and management journals. They're all vocational journals. So while they're peer-reviewed, we make no apology for the fact that we're really, really focused on providing information, providing knowledge, providing learning tools that people can use to develop themselves in terms of their careers and in terms of their calling to do whatever it is they want to do in in their careers. So that's what we do as, as a publisher. We've been publishing journals for a long time. We've launched probably 50, 60 journals at least in our time, and we've been doing it for a while. But that focus on quality vocational content in terms of the journal publishing, that's very important to us. Now, Jennifer, you kind of work with Henry Stewart Talks. Is that different or the same as? Give me a little explanation there and how that fits into publishing activities. So this is also publishing, but it's a different type of publishing. So we're primarily publishing video content. So this is kind of multimedia, audiovisual content. So yeah, primarily videos, but also interviews, whether they're video interviews or audio interviews as well. And these are really split into two different collections. So we have the biomedical and life sciences collection, and then we also have the business and management collection. So, you know, they're very similar in format and how they're presented, but as you can most likely tell by the titles, they're covering a range of different topics within them. But yeah, so that's how they're kind of differing from the journal side is it's, it's very much about the video side of publishing with them. How fun. Now, are these tied to the written journals as well, like as augmented to those, or are they completely separate? So the biomedical and life sciences collection is completely separate, whereas within the business and management collection, we've actually got partnership with the Henry Stewart Publications. So the journals which are published by publications are accessible within the business and management collection as well, because, you know, the topics really align in those collections. So, you know, you can have a video on the topic and then also kind of look at that particular topic with the vocational journal articles as well. Oh, very cool. I was going to add there also that it's the case that people that serve on the editorial boards of journals, uh, and also uh, we're privileged to publish some fantastic authors, many of those folks either go on to deliver talks and lectures on online multimedia content, or vice versa, they come from Henry Stewart talks and write up their work to go before peer review and to be published in the journal. So there's a real kind of crossover and a synergy there. That's awesome. It's great. Anytime you have a check and balance, but also you can utilize both trains to deliver those messages. That's that's outstanding. Very cool. I think one of the things one notices is that that whole learning can be over so many formats. And, you know, there's not just one size fits all. It's horses for courses and, and people finding that different types of media at different times work better for them. And so, yeah, we like to feel that we play our small part in delivering different formats, delivering good quality vocational content. Which coming from the educational standpoint is so critical in teaching students how to access that information and what the peer review process is and why that's important in this world where anybody can write anything to really get to the truth and find what's behind the numbers and the data is so critical. So thank you for that. I love 
the breadth of what we're talking about here. So with that vast experience between the two worlds of audio, video, and published journals, what kind of changes have you guys observed in the process of publishing journal articles? And I guess we could all say videos, not new, but maybe being used differently. But you know, what do those changes look like? Well, so I've been publishing journals quite a while. So when we first started, authors would send their manuscripts in manila envelopes, and we would then take them to the photocopier and anonymize them and make sure that when they went out for peer review, they didn't know, got the tipex out and scrub those names out and then put them in more manila envelopes and send things off. So it's, <laughs> it, it was a slower process. And it was a much more national process. I mean, we're based in the UK. And then we published largely folks in the UK. Nowadays, 40% of our readers and also probably that many of our authors and our editorial board are based in North America because that's where so much really interesting content is coming from. But equally, it's, you know, there's probably over 100 countries in the world where we're publishing and everybody wants it much more quickly. So I want my content out there. I want to get it out there so it's on record so nobody else nicks my great ideas so that people can see that I get the credit that I deserve for this hard work. And that puts pressure on reviewers. We've got some super folks who give their time and their expertise to be the, the litmus test for whether something is worthy and merits publication. So so I think uh, moving from manila envelopes to digital, international, but all trying to be ring-fenced with this notion of good quality and authoritative, is, which is what you were saying, Michael, things that when I read this, I can be reasonably secure that it's been tried and tested and it's not going to be a load of rubbish. Yeah, yeah, that's it's critical. I totally agree. I think kind of on the video side of things, obviously it's been around, you know, not quite as long as the the journals, but there's been a couple of things that have developed and have changed over the past, you know, decade or so. And I think firstly, video has been led by the technology. So as the technology has developed and you know, our capacity to create things in video that can be used has developed, then the expectation and what we and other publishers create is reflecting that with the degree of interactivity and things like that. So that's something that's really progressing and continues to progress over time. And it's something that students, especially, they see those developments in other areas of their lives as well. So it's something that they come to expect um, to see within the educational side of things. So you know that's something that we really focus on and making sure that it's kind of meeting those needs. And the other thing I'd say we've noticed recently within video or what people are wanting from video really is We've heard a lot about micro learning and people wanting kind of short segments of content. So whether that's you know under 15 minutes um, or you know, even shorter than that. So I think that's something that we've been responding to in a variety of different ways. So within the business collection, we have kind of key concept series, which you know, as the name suggest each lecture is looking at a particular concept within strategy, for example, and covering that in under 15 minutes. And we've also got bite-sized case studies, which can be just kind of for five minutes and looking at a particular case study, which is a format that, you know, students really enjoy. And it can kind of be incorporated even within an actual, you know, live lecture, whether that live lecture is online or in person, you know, you can play a five minute video in class. You can't really play a 45 minute video in class. You might get some complaints about that. So just being able to utilize the video content and making sure that it kind of meets those needs as well is something that I think is really important. Now, is the peer review process, I'm assuming, a little different with the video versus the published? 
Yeah, so the way that we're maintaining the quality of the content for the video side of things really comes down to the editorial process. So it's not peer reviewed in the same way, but there's an awful lot of research by the editorial team into who we approach to be giving the lectures or giving the talks within the collection. So looking into their research and the the articles that they have been publishing, which then have been peer reviewed and then kind of approaching people that are extensively well respected and well published within their particular field and then giving them the platform to be talking about their area of expertise. Mm, Absolutely. We have series editors as well, don't we, Jenny? I think we have series editors that curate and recommend potential people to give lectures and case studies and micro case studies. Yeah, exactly, Darren. So yeah, as Darren says, for each of the series that we're producing, there is kind of an overseeing editor who we work with, who has kind of overall responsibility for that series. So they will kind of be reviewing all of the content as well with that. That's awesome. Now, in the case, like the business ones where you guys work together, where you have the written, published, peer-reviewed journals and the video, is it the same case manager that works between the two or are they split those duties up? No, it's on these walls. It's completely separate. So there are no grace or favors to anybody. We certainly would be happy to, when we do recommend to Henry Stewart Talks, where paper's gone down very well and the content that's gone through peer review, and we do make introductions, but it's very much up to the people within Henry Stewart Talks and the editor there for them to be comfortable and happy with the material that they're publishing. So, so yeah, it's a means of introduction, but it's the same quality processes still have to be pursued and, and gone through. Fantastic. So, What are the plans and the focus of the upcoming releases of Advances in Online Education, the peer-reviewed journal? Yeah, this is a very exciting new journal for us. It's a journal that is going to be free to any individual or institution that subscribes. So there's no cost to the community out there. And we're doing it, I suppose, well, in part because we want to show that we're really committed in what we say when we want to deliver online education and we want to deliver content of value and we want to support the community. So it's a a service that is free to subscribers, whether they're individuals or whether they're institutions. And it's a way for us to say thank you to our community and also really to importantly for the community to share within itself ideas, whether it's conceptual, pedagogy or models, or whether it's sort of practical ways of disseminating online education, whether it's how you teach, how you deliver. One of the fun things we've got coming up, and we've been really thrilled with the response we've had from people. So we've had, we've got about 70, 80 papers in, in review at the moment. I think we've got our first issue, 10 or so articles that have gone through the peer review process. Wow. One of the fun things we're doing, which was kind of So this bear with a very small brain is something like Rupert the Bear here, is that, (laughs) of course, importance of what the librarian community and the library community is doing in helping to deliver for assistant deans of learning and deans of online education and business school leaders and teachers, uh, both within colleges and universities and also in secondary and primary education, the importance of what librarians doing. So we've got a special issue, which is looking at librarianship and how it is supporting online education within an institution Uh, and also some of the we've had this terrible COVID thing it's just 
awful, wretched, wretched thing. But looking for the side, one of the silver linings is what librarians and those digital folks that are managing those digital assets, what they've been able to do to support online learning and deliver engaging, valuable resources and online content for their students, for their community to introduce them to the to teaching materials that their teachers want to, and professors want to share with them. So we've got a really fun special issue of the journal coming up. And as is always the case to a publisher, it's a learning experience for, for us and for, sure. and for my colleagues and for me, because we've learned so much about what, what is actually happening out there and what people are doing. It's, it's really impressive. And uh, you, know, you have to take your hat off to what folks have been doing. It's very, very impressive. Yeah, I'd have to second what Darren said there. I'm really looking forward to actually being able to read the journal myself and, you know, learn more about within that particular area. So, I mean, we work with universities all around the world and we're always having discussions with librarians and faculty about online learning and its capabilities and the best way of doing this and things that we've found that have worked really well at other universities or particular ways. So having a, a forum to be able to share that information or to direct people to so they can see the experiences of their peers is something that I'm really excited about and looking forward to as well. Gosh, you hit on such an important element of what it is to be a modern day course writer or curriculum designer. Uh, the partnerships that we have with, we have an OCLS, which is our online library system here for our adult learners. And the magic that they perform in, uh, as a course writer, I might say, hey, I need something that talks about this and this and this, and and it needs to be quality and good. And man, they come up with a list, you know, it may be a day, but they turn around a list of resources and then put it in a format that's just ready to use for the research I'm doing or the course that I'm writing. And that's fantastic. Our librarians are underappreciated. So Absolutely. They do a tremendous job. I so agree with you there, Michael. And it's interesting listening to you as somebody involved in actually at the, at the coalface delivering this content and writing these programs. You know, it's really interesting hearing you say how you rely and, and form a partnership with that community. So that's really helpful to know. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't think that's common in some places. A lot mm. of people feel they're on their own. I did when I first started writing and I got connected with them. And, and by the time they were done, they had a great set of actually free online resources. So they're open resource tools that I could pull from down to page numbers. It was amazing. So hats off to those folks. They do a great job. Yeah, that's something that we've heard a lot as well you know, from faculty and in, in libraries. And it's actually something that we have been responding to as well. So we actually offer a, a course matching service with what we're doing. So that if faculty come to us and say, you know, hey, I've got a course on biochemistry and this is the outline or something like that, we'll actually go through and then match up content for them with that. So, you know, they can cherry pick what it is that they're wanting to use within their courses. So I think it's a, you know, a really important thing to be doing. As you say, it does make uh, faculty or lecturers' lives an awful lot easier as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Jenny, that's a really good point. And I know they do it in the business and the management side, Henry Stewart talks as well. And also whether you're looking at a particular area and you want to find some five or six lectures and some online case study content, and you want a few peer-reviewed case studies that back up or put into practice. So you give your students a sense of the world of work and what is actually happening out there. The similarly, I think, course matching material and the course matching resources available as well. So that's really important, I think, for so many people delivering online education. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for joining us on Digital to Learn. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are three things we ask you to do. One, come back and join us again. Two, tell your friends about us. And three, give us a positive ranking on your favorite podcast platform. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Embrace the future. Always keep learning.